from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. Yo, you have a sex? I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm the boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. What up, fuckers? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Welcome to the show. Have you watched our special day? It's a comedy special and it's on YouTube right now and it's absolutely free. You're going to head over to youtube.com slash guys we fucked without the you and fucked and you're going to watch it and yeah. you're going to be moved and uh-huh. you're going to tell someone you know and yeah. love about it. And they're going to play in the background on silent because you love your girls. Try and get them used. You yes. Know yes. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, just don't forget if you want more of us. You can also subscribe to Luminary where you can get uh, bonus episodes. You'll get 20 bonus episodes a year. And you will also be able to hear uh, the podcast episodes a week before everyone else and ad free. So there are picks. And of course, you'll get our undying love. Yeah, we love you more. Um, And you'll get a lot of secrets um, that we are still going to share because we realized how much healthier it was to only share secrets with people who are willing to pay because not that not that money is everything but money it, is energy though yeah and, and it, i feel good giving you the energy of yeah. my secrets because you feel trusted in us to give us some of your energy yeah it's like a certain thing that says like i care you and en- care about you enough to pay to listen to you so like i'm not gonna like fuck you over and fuck your boyfriend yeah. and that's nice and i appreciate yeah, that really appreciate so thank that. you so much thank you um if you want to email us it's sorry about last night's show at gmail.com make those subject lines very specific like this one this one says my brother touched me when we were younger but now we're friends and i don't want to bring it up okay oh, the <laughs> female conundrum if i had a nickel you know Uh, Hi, Corinne and Christina. Thank you for all you do. I'm hoping you guys can help me unravel this tangle of emotions. Trigger warning for some sibling molestation. Who hasn't been? Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I (laughs) (laughs) I have always looked up to name change. John, my whole life. He's my oldest of three brothers, and I always felt like we were similar in many ways and shared a special bond, even though as kids, he preferred hanging out with my older, my other older brother. I desperately wanted to be close to him and feel some kind of almost parental love from him because our parents were train wrecks and really emotionally absent. Mm. When I was little, I'm not sure what age, but younger than 10 and older than four, I remember a period of time that I don't recall a lot of. It could have been just a week or it could have been longer. John is five years older than me. When my parents left him to watch just me and my little brother, we played this tickling game Uh where we would take turns laying on his lap on our backs uh, and he would tickle us all over. Yeah, I played that game before (laughs) with a neighbor. At first, it wasn't necessarily inappropriate, if I recall correctly. Uh, But then my little brother decided he didn't like playing anymore, and I was the only one. I remember I didn't want to play anymore either, but I didn't want to disappoint him. Then, over the course of one or two games, things got more inappropriate. 
All I know is he at least once touched me in private areas under the guise of tickling. And while I at first thought it was accidental, when I asked him to avoid those areas, he said something like, oh, (gasps) come on, it'll be fun. Uh, That's a red flag, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, The most troubling part of these memories is what I'm afraid I might have forgotten. Right. I'm worried that it did go farther than that and I just blocked it out. I feel like if that's all that happened, while it's not great, it doesn't make me feel like anything serious went down or even that it's John's fault, really. He was young, too, and probably just curious. All right. My initial feelings about it as I considered it more of a, as an adult, that I was afraid he felt guilty about it and blamed himself. He has always been kind of protective of me, and I wonder if guilt is why. Okay. Mm. Over the course of growing up and as adults, John and I have really bonded about our dysfunctional family. And when my mental health got really bad, I was always able to talk to him and feel understood in a way I never felt with my parents. Mm -hmm. He is the only other liberal and feminist in our family who is trying to do emotional work. It made me, I, just, <laughs> I know, I felt your pause. Yeah. I was like, if, yeah. if a man says he's a feminist. Of course the feminist is the molester. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he hasn't. <laughs> the male feminist is always the molester. Oh, I mean, I don't want it to be that way. It's but. just, oh God. Yeah. And he um, has an awesome wife I really look up to. In a way, our closer relationship is what I dreamed about as a little girl. But it feels like an ideal. Okay, keep going. Right. And like also like some of this might be because you were molested by him. Right, right, right. So again, not a psychologist, but uh, get a lot of molestation emails. Yeah. Um, We really do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of motherfuckers will be molested. It's common. That's very common. People just don't talk about it. And it's also sexual exploration as kids is common. And then when it crosses lines, it's like, well, what do you do? And it's hard to be like, at what age is it like, you know, kids? Can my brother not tickle my pussy? Yeah. Like what age is it kids exploring with each other? And then what age does it become like there's an issue yeah. you know yeah um, but it's always going to be tarnished in my mind by these memories I am sure it eats him up inside to remember what he did to me but I'm also terrified to bring it up to him mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. it's like one or the other like you know either he doesn't remember and like you're like creating a, a memory for him mm-hmm. um, or if it's eating him up it would be helpful to talk about it right um, I know there's no rules about whether I have to talk to a former abuser about what he did but it feels like an elephant in the room for our relationship today certainly for you yeah Um, On the other hand, I worry that if I talk to him, I might remember more painful memories. Hmm. That would be harder to forgive him for. Well, that's fair. Maybe. Uh, This has also played a big role in my sex life because it led me to be really passive and people pleasing in the bedroom and opened the door for further sexual abuse when I did start having sex. Mm. I hate that it happened, but I don't think he needs reminding to know it was wrong. Mm. And I don't know. Protective over him. Yeah. And I don't know how much closure it would necessarily give me to bring it up. So you really want to do it. Then you just talked yourself out of it by the end of the email. I also don't want to risk making our relationship weird today. But But if he molested you in a more appropriate way that you're inappropriate way that you're not remembering, you don't, and it's already weird. You're yeah. just taking the brunt of the burden of the weirdness on yourself. Right. Because you're a woman. Uh-huh. Um, should I talk? That's what we do. Yeah. And you're, you know, and you're a survivor. So both of these things. Uh, should I talk to him about it? Is it a big deal that something like this happened or just classic weird s- sibling exploration? I mean, I don't exactly know yet. Fifth, like he's like, so he's like 15 in this scenario, right? right? That's Well, you said you were younger than 10, but older than four. So he was, he was between nine and 15. Um. Oh, he's five years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's a, there's a big age gap there because if he was nine, yeah, it's that that's I don't think I don't think a nine year old knows. But if he was fifteen, then you it's know, like, yeah, and and also right. come on, it'll be fun. That's pressure. Yeah. 
I don't think a nine-year-old would say, well, uh, well who knows? I don't I, know. I don't know. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much and any advice you have to give. Sincerely, another confused victim. Okay. All right. So this is complex. Definitely, please uh, uh, seek the advice of a therapist as well. This That's really, really important. Someone who specializes in, in sexual abuse yeah. and trauma yeah. specifically, because I don't think everyone is going to handle this in a, in a great way. Right. And listen, we aren't therapists, but we get a lot of emails about this subject matter. So I feel like comfortable talking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think at the very least you owe yourself um, talking to a therapist and talking to him about it. Yeah. Privately. Yeah, privately, not with his wife yeah, there, not no, with no, no. other family members there. Uh, you look up to him and you feel close with him. So, um, yeah, I think this, yeah, you, you should bring it up. And that's why I'm saying have a therapist that you're already working with, though, because if you do get triggered and other memories get brought up, I think you're going to want that safe um, somebody who really understands and knows you um, to be able to swoop in if needed. Yeah, because it seems like you have this like fear of the unknown, which makes it seem like you kind of know that something else happened. Um, and, you know, unfortunately with these things, so, so rarely is it like one isolated incident, you know? Um, right. But, you know, the, the things that you presented, you're like either, you know, you're like, oh, it's eating him up, him up inside. Is it? Because it's have definitely no eating idea you up inside. No, right. Exactly. You don't know how he feels about this. And also your it. mindset, like you're not in an angry place. You're, you seem to be in a pretty level headed place where you've thought about it and you're co- going to come at it with empathy and sympathy. Um, and so I think that, you know, especially because you're not going to come in, a, in a, an accusatory manner, even though you have every right to do so. Um, I think just like having a conversation about something that's been bothering you with someone that you're so close with, like if you can't have this level of conversation with someone who you say you're this close with, yeah. who can and, you and have I, it with? And as, as somebody who has an older brother where it was, he's my only brother, but, um, he, he's my only sane person in my family. He's the only person I talk to in my family. He's my only family member, but he gets it so hard and we are so close that's a valuable person to have in your life. And I know I understand how special that is. So I say once you have a therapist that you've been working with for a couple weeks, a month or two, I, I would ask them as long as you understand, like as soon as you decide you like this therapist and you want to continue working with them, I think that's very important. Once that's established, um, talk about having this conversation with your brother to the therapist and then figure out, you know, you can you can role play uh, how how you envision it to go. Um, and then that way you have a lot of support. Yeah, you can even write a script happens. like you can write you can write something down for yourself if you if you yeah. have trouble, uh, like if it's making you nervous or something. I also think what was I going to say? I think um yeah, I think it se- like seemingly you grew up in a, like a, a not great home environment. So I also think like part of it could be he was in, perhaps I, I don't want to make excuses for someone who no. hurt you, but he was like, but he wasn't raised either. Like he was acting out. We don't know what, what happened. Maybe there was something that happened with, you know, one of one or both of your parents and him. And that was, you know, uh, making him act in a certain way because it's like Max were saying he was 15 years old. So he was still pretty young himself. And, you know, if he was being abused in some way that you might not know about, um, yeah. he was exploring something else was happening with him. I think, you know, if, if he shuts down or it makes your relationship weird you bringing this up that that's a sign. in and of itself is a red flag and it unfortunately that means like s- this person has like been deceiving you yeah you which know? is tough but uh it's tough but you can handle it yeah because it's uh, this is obviously a a big enough hang up in your life where it's affecting your sex, sex life. life it's 
open you said you've allowed abuse from other partners in the past so like this is a pattern that needs to stop now and it's like you know what the root of it is you know like some people don't even know that you know what the root of it is and it's someone really close to you so that must be like that makes make you feel fucked up and confused and rightly so but um you need to have this conversation and definitely as christina said seek a therapist because you just need some guidance you need some help you need somebody else to talk to mm-hmm. who is not part of this situation who is not part of this home life that was obviously very difficult so let us know so, if you yeah, uh, have the conversation how it goes yeah i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means follow the global story from the bbc wherever you listen to podcasts uh and guys come see us live new jersey hasbro kites i'm headlining bananas comedy club february 25th and the 26th with justin silver featuring portland oregon march 3rd through the 5th i will be at helium baltimore maryland march 24th through the 26th at magoobies and london england may 12th at the leicester square theater and as always you can catch the voices in our head my solo podcast and uh watch out for brand new episodes uh multiple times a month on various days on patreon and then fort collins colorado april 15th and 16th i will be at the comedy for for four shows total come out and see that i'm excited to be in colorado this spring and then of course without a country is my other podcast where we roast the news me and shane smith and that's available everywhere you listen to podcasts on saturdays including live uh not live including uh youtube uh videos full youtube videos you can see me every week my smiling face (laughs) and remember to rate and review the podcast uh guys we fucked on apple podcasts we want to keep us in the top charts Yes, uh, you've been doing you, such a great yeah, job of that. We really appreciate it. We really it. appreciate it. And uh, it just helps other people discover us, which makes us be able to, you know, perform more places, travel more places, make more content. It's all, you know, we're all helping it each all other. It feeds into itself. It's great. It's yeah. great. And then watch us on TikTok because we're going viral, motherfuckers. At Guys We Fucked Without the You and Fucked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We got clips, bitch. All right. What, what's up with you, Christina? Oh, not much. You know, nothing's changed. I'm just. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. No changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not bad stuff. I just, I just, I'm having. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting time in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've logically understood that I've shed a long-term boyfriend, a best friend, and two parents. Yes, but I think it's finally hitting me. Yes, that I'm uh, like, oh, uh, I don't want to say alone, but I don't have these support systems, which. You know, at the end of the day, if the support systems were toxic and I didn't realize it, then it's better to not have any. Right. But it's a change sure. that I thought that I honestly was OK with. And then all of a sudden it just dawned on me that, oh, I don't think I am. Uh, but I don't know really what to do with, about that except to cry when I got to cry. So, you know, just that's what I'm out here doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, out, uh, we out here crying. I think also a part of adulthood is like like you do have support systems, but like you kind of really don't like as you know, it's it's. I think people like, I don't know, for me, like different people in my life, like who are like could be a likely support system at the end of the day, like 
no offense to any of my friends listening, but it's like I really end up being my own support system because it's like I'm not I don't ever feel supported in the way I need to. So right, right, right. You're like right, kind right. of like, huh, this is this is this again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I you need support less than I do, I think. <laughs> I, th- that is true, but it's only but it's because I'm giving it to myself. So it's right. like no one needs. How, how do you need give to, yourself support? Mm, you, I know exactly what I need, you know? Oh. How do you know what you need? Mm, you, when you something feels good, you keep doing that. So it's like if it's like a maze. So it's like, or right. like, you know, when you like go down and you're like, and it says like in like a bubble in like a Cosmopolitan magazine, it's like, do you, does this thing make you feel good? And like, if you go to the right, right it's right, yes. Right, and if you go to right, the left, right. it's no. And then so anytime guess, something that makes me feel good, I, I guess go, as yes. an addict, I don't normally go towards feeling good. Uh, in certain respects Well I mean Sometimes you do with drugs Right I know And that's not good <laughs> Don't do that though Yeah <laughs> No, nah, not good Yeah <laughs> I've walked towards Adderall and marijuana Many many times Um, Yeah but that's not You might but, be thinking About it too big though You know like, I always am I think think about it smaller Like just so Instead of trying to capture This whole feeling Of feeling good all the time Try to ca- Like just try to Like capture a moment So when you're not When you're sober But something that's Making you feel good And then lean into that If it's rollerblading yeah. If it's spending time With Kevin If it's right if it's playing the piano and then lean into that more and then that usually like that good feeling will lead to other good feelings and it's mm. not like I'm sitting home feel like fucking smiling having a great time all the time <laughs> I'm sad plenty um but you know and I and I, I also find a lot of support in other media which is I think kind of yeah, weird I, I have like TV. a like a yeah relationship with like television shows which I think television could be extremely a, a good asset in somebody's life yeah like, like if someone asked me who my best friends right now are I would be like Lorelai and Rory Gilmore <laughs> and everyone would be like what and I'd be like but that works for me like right, TV right. shows really did help me um you yeah, know, I haven't binged a television show in a while. Yeah, they they're they're very there's something very comforting about that for sure. Um, definitely like listening to a lot of music. Sometimes if I'm like really depressed, I like just start my uh, uh, Alexa from my bed with like a song that like gets me going. Yeah, yeah, I've tried music, playing piano, and reading. Reading has been very helpful. Taking walks um, very important. Yeah. Walking to like a coffee shop. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been walking. Like it's like I I have the the feelings of a depressed person, but I'm I'm showering. I'm I'm doing all the things. I'm going. I'm working out because I know that that's definitely really good for you when you're depressed. I just think I'm being not swallowed by it because I know that there's an insight and I know that all these the waves of sadness are just that they're waves and they'll come and go yeah but this one is <laughs> this one is fucking big <laughs> I also think like adulthood is like yeah it's like getting rid of a lot of people in your life right Honestly. and I'm so happy and proud of myself to have done that Re- truly I mean my life is so much better without these people in it um, but it's just I don't know because man. you have this childlike nature too. Like think of when like think of like childhood. It's filled with friends. It's so many friends. You give a Valentine to everyone in your class. Mm-hmm. But like adulthood isn't like that. And you yeah. really did like when I met you. You had more friends than almost anyone I knew, especially like outside of comedy. Right. And it's like I don't have a ton of people who I consider my friends, but I have like two who I like you know who are close. Right. And I think that's like it, unfortunately it's like what adulthood is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. it kind of like it's it is kind of depressing. I I guess, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess, you know, like I, I've always usually people have like at least a person in their lives that they can just text whatever to whatever time of the day. And it's just like, a, honestly, I would do that with a parent or my best friend that I don't talk to anymore. I like, don't have someone I would do that with. Um, Yeah. And <clears throat> I have a best friend. <clears throat> 
No, <clears throat> not you. No, I'm not t- tr- like, like the, the only person I ever. <laughs> no, felt I like, think Mike's going. Can you please text me though? Because I'm lonely. I would say, I, I text my plenty of personal things. The, honestly, the only person I've ever met in my entire life who I thought I could text anything to was James. That's the only person. Interesting. And he betrayed me the most. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Truly. That's, right. Right. That's, right. So that's why that loss was so hard for me because I, that's the only person I ever met in my entire life. Right. And again, so sorry to my friends listening, but no, th- but it's but there it's was just true, something it's... about him that I just felt completely understood and, and I felt like I could say absolutely anything there are people who I feel like I could say almost anything to yeah. you're one right, of those right, people right, right, you know right, right. Yeah, you yeah. are Mike is yeah. Tommy Paula my mother mostly um my brother like those are people that I could say mostly anything to right but not anything yeah yeah you yeah. know and it's and yeah. it's hard um because you you know and so that's like kind of like what I'm always manically searching it's not that I love love or I love relationships I'm I'm basically out in life manically searching for that now that I know that there has someone now that you know that one person exists that you could tell anything to right then it's this manic search to find that <laughs> that, that next person again yeah and you know that's why I'll be unhappy forever <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean there's some point like my my best friend that I don't talk to anymore we leaned on each other too much. Right. And so when we stopped talking, it was very helpful, actually, in a, lo- in a lot of ways. But one of the ways why it was helpful is because instead of leaning on somebody, I just figured it out for myself, which was wonderful. Right. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the winner, too. Like, and, but I think maybe... But I like, Valentine's Day is my favorite day of the year. I don't think I've ever been sad on Valentine's Day. Right. Even if I got dumped or... It doesn't matter. Like, I fucking love... It is? Friendship... I love Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's so Day is a much. great day. Only losers it's, don't oh, like it. I, yeah. <laughs> also, it's like five. Sorry, <laughs> it's five days before my birthday, and not. I mean, this is like me being, and I feel like my. This is what I feel. My inner victim is like just being a bitch. Like she's. She, I feel like I'm sure. victimizing myself, and I'm like, just stop it. Oh my god, I don't want to be doing this. But like, I don't want to have a birthday party. I don't want to do anything. Well, I don't. You better because I didn't. I, I know. Didn't that's what I said. I'm like, avails. Corinne didn't put in her spot. She's getting pissed if I <laughs> too sad to have a party. If I will plan something, you know, I fucking love planning. I have. Things. I reserve. I will do it for you. I showed you the place. I reserve. Well, I re- I reserved the um speakeasy in my building uh, just to have oh, as a backup. Oh, nice. And because uh, I was like, oh, we do that and then go to a place. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just don't have the. I don't have the energy to like, gather friends. I don't know. I just don't. So I should cancel the party bus? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just like someone sat on their birthday and like you just drive up in a party bus? That's like the worst birthday ever. No, that'd be funny. Because you that'd have to funny. like force it. <laughs> no, but I mean, my nature, my natural state is is pretty joyful and it's not a forced joy. Like it is joyful. Like I'm very, so I, and I'm never sad for long. I just, I don't know. It's just a weird time. Right. Something, something about it. Well, I talked to my parents uh, last week and I just hated it. Oh, I was like, well, that's there you go. They're bad. Yeah. There we discovered I mean, that, the that bad always mood. happens. I always I'm right. always not. That's not anything new. Well, at a certain point. Either. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is not going to be a surprise. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I, I was not moved in any way negatively or positively by it. I'm okay. just like, yep. Don't like you people. Well, that's kind of a, that's kind of progress when yeah, you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I think that the inner victim is interesting because I think I think sometimes yeah. when you're like when you're doing a lot of self-help work, um, um, you're you're going like you're going into yourself you're so often that yeah, you forgot I'm to look outward and that's like that that was like what i saw i told you um robert green that the author uh-huh yeah that's right that's right, yeah. right who was talking about that like the glasses on instagram yeah sometimes 
we start going inward so much when we're in the the phase of finding ourselves and helping ourselves, which is so so necessary, that we forget to look outward. And like, even though we still feel like we have work that still needs to be done on the inside, which we all do forever of for course, the rest of our yeah. lives. Yeah, that's what life is. Um, yeah. it, it, it like you almost have to like just force yourself to look outward and do something else, or almost like help someone else, like do something right. else. Just like think a like look, start looking outward and stop looking inward for yeah. a second to almost like give yourself a like a rest because like you know even like it's it's like you just burn like you like burn out on self-help right yeah that was also that that was the advice that i got from my therapist when i had my nervous breakdown last year mm. because i was doing a lot of the the soul searching sure trying to figure it out well you're trying to trying to figure out this bad feeling and make it yeah. Not bad. But she she told me, she's like, you got to just start thinking of of service for other people. Yeah. You have yeah. To, which you have I to... am a fan of. So when I was when I was home at my parents place, kind of like making sure I didn't kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of like a better yeah. way to say it. <laughs> no, my, I totally my parents hear you. <laughs> were giving me chores. My parents right. were like, like, here, like my dad is making me chop wood and power wash. That's the... awesome, though. That's like physical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it helped. Yeah, like, yeah. At a certain point, I was just like the mantra becomes how can I be of service? Yeah. And all of a which sudden I love doing. it helps you kind of pull out of that rut. I, I think it worked for me at least. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have to kind of be like an asshole to yourself or like a drill sergeant a little bit. Cause like January for like me was like the roughest month with like grieving my dad. And I mean, it was bad. I was in like bed, like 12 hours a day, just like really like, I didn't want to have sex. Like it was just bad. And then literally I just was like, I have to just set an arbitrary date. So February 1st, I was like, you just have to get up. Like you have to do it. Yeah. And like, you don't have a choice and like, you have to get up and you have to do something now. Yeah. Like, you can't I'm, do anything else. I, I'm surprisingly really good at getting myself out of bed i i think it's because my mom was in bed all day every day i i the idea of being in bed more than 12 hours like i i can't i just i can't physically i can't do it um so i'm good at that but then i force myself to do things and then i just cry as i do them i'm like that's okay just bawling and i'm like oh my god stop crying yeah i got sick of my own crying i was like this what is so this? sick of i was like am i just doing this like fucking just for shits and giggles now right right it's dumb and i think it, it oddly um when you have so many cool things happening and like really exciting things going and like cool opportunities and then that obviously like I don't do my career to be happy that's not I don't I don't rely on a career I don't rely on an apartment I don't rely on a car or a person for happiness but um when you're unhappy with all these cool things it's like oh man it like stings I don't know well for me uh I felt like uh I actually felt like the saddest on the day that we announced our TV show and not today I feel fine, but like last night I felt sad because when you lose people in your life, whether it be because you don't like them or because yeah. they died, you know, six to one, half one a dozen out of the other, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's really shines a spotlight on. Yeah, that. I guess I think that's what it is. And yeah. so like I like you I know, can't. Yeah, I was like really missing my dad a lot, especially with the comedy special, just because like. He had aspir like he had aspirations to be a stand up comedian himself, which like I kind of learned after his death and all this kind of stuff. Wow! I'll, I'll make some big sappy posts on Instagram That's later. Awesome. You guys can all milk it up. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna like it. <laughs> He's very funny. But so, yeah, and and so 
yeah. And so I just ended up like being super sad on, on those days, even though of course, like, you know, my mom and my brother, you know, they're still like super supportive and everything. Um, but I was like, well, every, every family member gets something, you know, the book was for my mother and I, you yeah. know, I don't know what, what's for my brother. We'll have to accomplish something else. <laughs> oh, he's had a lot of girlfriends. Cause of us. yeah, but it is like, <laughs> it is, um, definitely it shines a spotlight on the place, like on the people that you don't have. And so it's like, I kind of just like, yeah, I just kind of like, gave myself a talk today. I was like, I owe it to myself to be happy today. Yeah, yeah. And and you owe it to yourself because we worked so fucking hard on this. And it's yeah. like, we got to enjoy it. Even if and I'm, I'm happy. Even if weird. you're faking it for a little bit. No, <laughs> no but I, I, it's not hard to like reach in to get the happiness. I just keep right. fucking crying. Like, oh my God. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I think, I think like finding out I was a sperm donor baby, like that just hit me. I think. I don't know. What yeah, I did feel like you underreacted to that. I was like, I would have been pissed. Yeah, I really you were like wasn't laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. I, I was remember, like, yeah, whatever. Well, what? Do you remember when we met? To, to... I wasn't pissed at all. I'm still not pissed. Well, I'm pissed because I've been writing the wrong medical history down on my medical forms <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, and I fucking deserve to know yeah. who I'm blood related to. That's for fucking when, sure. When you asked me to work on the voices in uh, our heads, yeah, I remember we met in the in, first. Yeah, we met in like a, a pret a monge. Yeah, yeah, one of those places. Mm. And you, oh yeah, you were sad. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure we just I was. rotate who's sad here, yeah. guys. We fucked. <laughs> yeah, but I can remember you telling me you're like, I, I want to do all these. Like, I have these like fun bits that I want to do, and I have these like the, the things I want to do, and like kind of do it solo. And it's like, like I'm gonna do this hilarious thing. Like, I really, I just found out that my dad's not my dad, <laughs> and you were like laughing about it. I was like, Yeah, it's funny. You what? <laughs> It is funny, but it's also sad. But like the way that you were talking about it, you were like, it's so hilarious that that's the case. And I'm going to like, I have this phone call with him. I'm going to like air it and everything. And you were like, you you thought it was so funny. And I was just like, I was like, oh, all right. Like yeah, if, yeah. If that's yeah. what you want to do, like I'll, I'm here. To I help, genuinely but, like, am not. I wasn't mad about it no. at all, and I'm not. I, I understand it. I'm still not mad. Right. I'm still not mad. I'm, I'm pissed that my health information was held from me because that's valuable. I've been writing down testicular cancer and diabetes. That's the wrong guy. I gotta do the yeah. other guy who has bad stuff too, but different bad stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of, uh, but then it's like one of those things where, what do you do with that? You know, I, I want to talk to them about it. Right. You know, I don't want to. So it's like, and I know anger. I just, I don't know. It's just. Well, I think if anything, I don't, I don't know how to handle my my feelings. If you want to look at it as a positive, I think it reinforces that you made the right and smart decision by cutting ties with them. Yeah. Because they're continuing their patterns of like being deceitful and disappointing you, not treating you with the respect that right. you deserve. And so like, if you just flip it and be like, that's a feather in your cap that right. you are learning, you are growing, you are getting um like wiser about the people that you allow into your life and you are setting yeah. like healthy boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. It's just real lonely. It's all. <laughs> I mean, life is lonely. Yep. I, I, think, I didn't realize it was. I didn't yeah, think it was. I mean, I think I had, I had a codependent like, relationship with my parents. I had a codependent relationship with my best friend and I had a codependent relationship with a boyfriend for seven years. And now that that's all gone, I'm like, oh, y'all, it's lonely out here in these streets. I know. My, wait, when Christina just had that realization, me and Mike are sitting over here like, yeah, we've been lonely for decades. <laughs> oh, like, we, What yeah, the fuck yeah, are very, we talking? Very well aware. I, I, I really, I was thinking about it today, actually, in the morning. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I love being alone. I prefer Which I love. Point, it's you know? Honestly, it's a beautiful gift that we've all given ourselves, yeah. truly. Um, right. Because I, I, I think it's opposite. Like, I feel like I feel lonely when I'm 
in public. I don't yes. feel lonely when I'm alone because I feel, you know, so it's like, because it's that misunderstood feeling. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. So I feel very, so that's when I feel lonely when you're like, God, not, it's such a lonely feeling. I don't care about bombing like on stage, but like what a lonely feeling when I like think I wrote this great joke that's really going to resonate with people. And like, ooh, Corinne, what a, what a, what a, <laughs> what a talk on the human experience, you know? And then you say it and everyone just looks at you like you have five heads. You're like, what the fuck is this? What's going like, on? Right, well, you guys are all idiots. That like almost always happens to me when I have a new premise for a joke, which just like really reinforces how detached from reality I am. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, like I, where I'm living I've, in a different reality. I've purposely been writing this just stand up bits about the stupidest shit. And it's right. been so relaxing. It's, it's fun. Been so nice. It's silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I just didn't realize life was lonely this whole time. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what, yeah. Everyone's oh, sad and really? alone. Wow. Yeah. That sucks, you guys. People Welcome. Are, people Join who us. are married or alone, people who have what? kids feel alone. I think that if you ask well, people. Well, yeah, you can't rely on somebody else, I guess. Yeah, I think alone. like if you ask like a, most people like in a survey of everyone would say, yeah, I feel like lonely. Oh my God, we got to figure that a out. A lot. Yeah. We got to talk to each other and look each other in the eyes or something. Yeah, but I don't know. Do we? Because then I, those people are going to deceive you and then you're going to feel more lonely. <laughs> yeah, or you just find out more about somebody and you realize that you're just not compatible. With oh, them. God. That's Friend, story of my fucking family, life. family, like romantic partner. It doesn't right. matter. Like, I want a yeah, detail. I want one detail per year. So I just well, I can't hate you until the end of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And when you do work on yourself, a lot of times the people who relied on you to kind of be in the dark a little bit. Don't, don't sure like it, which is that's fine like that's sure. honestly shed the weight um but yeah just just dealing with that you know double pisces ass motherfucking yeah if you want to play my birthday party you can i don't i just i just don't i don't i don't know how to take care of myself in this moment give me a couple things that you want yeah uh, that's that's an int- that's interesting though to talk about like you don't know how to take care of yourself in the moment i mean i, I, think- I was never taught how to mm, yeah i don't i don't even know that i was sometimes it's just like like a, it's a trial and error kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, so you just yeah, you just keep gotta, trying. Yeah, you just gotta try something until like other things until something sticks. Yeah, because I I do know in some respects I do know how to take care of myself, and in other respects I'm just I feel like I'm at a loss. Like my brain goes offline. Because for me, like the always like the answer is like to somehow deal with it artistically. So you're writing stand up about it, writing a script about it, right? Watching a show that, that I feel like kind of um, mimics what's going on in my. Yeah life and like watch because well, sometimes like watching other people play it out even if it's not the way I ultimately would yeah something helpful yeah. about that yeah yeah I've been I've been making a point to go see art a lot lately like I've been buying tickets to play things and that always helps right so you know keep doing that but uh yeah 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 it's just it's just a, it's this is kind of like when you learned like that you were given a blowjob wrong I think it's just life is lonely <laughs> you know I hate to break it to you <laughs> <sighs> life is lonely and we're all continue like we're you know why do you think there's like so many like different types of foods to eat and songs to listen to because everyone's so lonely and they're just <laughs> yeah. trying to fucking mask it like i'm gonna invent a new i don't want to mask new, it i'm gonna put a donut and, and a croissant together and see if this will like it's a cronut do the, like fill the void in my soul like right, that's what right, it is right 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 that's why there's so many inventions <laughs> You know, maybe I'll invent, maybe I'll invent something. It's literally why music exists. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. I just, I think, I think what uh, another thing though is like the whatever it's uh, it, it is now in my brain and soul or whatever. It's it's it, it's stunting creatively in a way where like I can't mm. concentrate, and that sucks because I fucking 
all I want is like sit at the piano for hours or like make a sketch. I have so many sketch premises just sitting there and I just, I don't know. It's like I'm antsy. Like I'm, um, um, what's the word? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like something's about fever? to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, 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 um, restless, mm. extremely restless. That's mm. been a very constant in my life. Um, since I was a little kid, but, um, very, that's, and when I'm restless, I can't fucking create art and that stinks. Right. I, that's cause that's always my go-to cause that's so therapeutic. Sure. Um, Maybe I'll buy a canvas and some paints or something and do something. <laughs> Just start another art form. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We can figure it out. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Hey guys, nothing well, matters. On, on on a happier note, we're recording this on the day the special comes out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a day for celebration. You're really producing. I'm excited to watch. You're it. producing the shit out of this show. No, I, but I'm I really. I, I cannot wait. I, I bet it's going to be great, and I bet everybody that's listening is going to love it so much. Yeah, you guys baby. worked so hard on we it. Did I was so happy to be and proud to be a part of it, and I just cannot wait till nine o'clock. Mike's talking Dang. himself off a ledge yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what yeah. you're doing. Well, I also yeah, I also fucking hate when people pretend to be happy when they're not and I'm like guys if we're sad just fucking talk about it it's okay so yeah just sometimes it's okay to be sad I'm with you yeah, yeah. I love when people have asked for like the past six months how I'm doing I go not great and then I but I just said I go well we don't need to talk about it right now because <laughs> I want you to know but I don't yeah. want to talk about it with fucking you in the, <laughs> right, green, right, in the fucking right, green room right, at New York right, comedy club get out right. of my face <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me talk about it in front of a group of strangers for money like I chose to do with my yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. That's how exactly. I like to do it. Anyway. Uh, guys, our guest, she is a comedian, a podcaster, and host of R.I.P. Diets podcast. She's also the co-host of the Hot Mess Comedy Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Emily, Emily Lubin. Lubin. You try writing a love song. You try speaking your mind. You try using your words instead of holding them in and lying. You try saying I'm sorry. You try saying I care. You try saying I'm not done. But at least I'm aware. You try writing a love song. A love song. been times in my life when I was so scared I couldn't move and it's not your fault that it's hard for me to feel that I'm safe now that I'm here with you well maybe you've got some other ideas and you think that That it's not worth the effort Well, baby, you're out of luck You're not going anywhere You try writing a love song You try making it work You try making pleasure out of all of this hurt You try finding some sweetness You try healing your pain 
You try loving the parts of you that yell and complain. You try writing a love song, love song. You try writing a love song, love song. From BBC Radio Four. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are here with comedian Emily Lubin, fresh off of a UTI. So wait, what happened? <laughs> Let's just continue the conversation. I, I never had a UTI before. And then this year I had like a yeast infection followed by mm. UTI. It was like a double hitter. Oh my God. Yeah, it was really Have you ever really had like the both? One, two punch? Yeah, they 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 travel together. They wow. do, right? Yeah. Birds of a feather. And then bacterial vaginosis, I heard you during the mic test saying. What's um, that? Is that... That's that's just it's, exactly. kind of, it's like a cold for your pussy. Yeah, Aww. it's like She's anybody sick. can get it. I don't think it's caused by sex or anything like that. But yeah. usually it's, it's like set. Like, I mean, I think the common things are like sex, like, but, you know, underwear, pools, mm. um, oh. public pools hot and hot t- hot tubs are oh, so bad for the vagina. And then um, like workouts, leaving workout clothes on too long or just Which sweating. Which I always immensely. do. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So bathing comfy. suit. Yeah. Any of Damn. that kind of stuff is. Just anytime, like the the climate of your pussy is different for an elongated period of time, you're in trouble. Damn. Yeah. So I, how I mean, long did yours UTI last? It lasted all in all, like the whole escapade lasted a week and a half because it was the UTI and the yeast infection. I don't remember which came first, but oh my one God. led to the other, and then my period. Oh my God! Yeah. A lot of times UTIs what will a, come. God t- is such a dick sometimes. Corinne is the UTI expert. She is. <laughs> How she many is. have you had in your life? Uh, thirty plus. Like, okay. a, a, wow. like a good amount. Like I get, like I get it, like a couple times a year. Usually, I have a very wow. testy vagina. Um, but yeah, and then also a lot of times, like a UTI, you'll get a, a, a point during your period just because, again, like I, like the climate of your pussy is different because there's the temperature change. There's there's blood there, you know, and so that's like UTI central. Um, but yeah, there's this uh, this like powder, this cranberry powder that you can get on uh, Amazon that a former guest, Farrah Brooke, taught uh, told us about because she had like such consistent UTIs that it was uh, like her body was became immune to the, the medicine yeah. that you get at the OBGYN. So anytime I feel like I can feel it like the kind of like the moment I feel it's starting, I just start taking this. Wow. This and you're probably so in tune that you, you yeah. know, like even a little tingle when something's oh, yeah, up I with know. your vagina. It's like you can't concentrate on anything no. else. It's no. so hard. So how was your UTI? Like, how did it feel for you? It, it felt Probably like death. It yeah. Fe- yeah, it felt awful. It, it was, it was, the, what was really hard, which I hadn't heard somebody say before, was it's not just the burning while you pee. It's the feeling like you have to pee all fucking day. Yep. And 
not like being elf- able to. Yeah. There's a pill that that stops the the what the what they call the urgency. Is it the thing that turns the your pee mm-hmm. orange? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah, I did take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that really fucking helps while you're while you're healing. Did you go to the OBGYN or did- no? I didn't. So how did you how did, how did you, you heal get- it? So it we have a you know we have a portal. I have. Uh, a close relationship with my gyne. I sent her a message on the portal. She oh, was like, okay. yo, girl, this is what's going on. That, and she believed you. She yes. wasn't like, you need to come in. I need to yeah, look at it. I don't complain. I really don't. Like, I, I wouldn't reach out. And I'm not a hypochondriac. Like, if anything, I'm the opposite. Yeah. Um, I let things go. And I think that was also an issue because I had like a mini UTI, not as bad. And then it went away by itself. Oh. And then two weeks later, it came back and it was way worse and it was like a full-on bladder infection fuck yeah did it spread to your kidneys no it didn't i stopped it before it got too bad but it i ignored it and yeah. that's i do that a lot i just ignore anything yeah. that's wrong and, and it gets so and bad. it's all it's gonna make it way worse yeah because yeah, a couple of days and you will start to feel symptoms of a fever if you don't if you're not doing anything yeah, yeah right. and i and had back pain a back ache yep. yeah that mm-hmm. really scared me yeah but i, I went to city md and this useless 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 location first of all i'm sitting there for probably like two and a half hours before i get to see anybody and i i feel like i have to pee the whole time i feel like i have to pee you have to take a urine sample so at at one point i um i go up to the front desk and i'm like can you just give me the cup now? Yeah. And then I'm right. walking around the city MD holding my pee Waiting cup to pee. Yep. because nobody's there to take it. Oh. So oh. I have like my own urine in my purse yeah. waiting for this appointment to start. And I felt I've never felt less sexy in my whole life. <laughs> was yeah. it cloudy? Uh, it was, you know, I don't remember. Yeah. But that's how was, you know things are really. There was blood in it. Like Ooh, a, li- yeah. a small amount of, of blood. This is getting graphic, but I it's love not, it. But it's what happens. I love talking yeah. about this. I mean, it's this what is happens. Reality. And men need to know what we go through. Damn yes, it. Yes. I want men to know. So They're there, fast forwarding right now. No, a, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> that's Daniel. what that 15 second button is for. Christopher. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, but so. There was a little blood in it. And then uh, so the doctor asked me, like, do you have your period right now? And I was like, no. no. And she's like, oh, that's not good. I can see very clearly there's an infection going on. So then I had to go next door oh, to see Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I couldn't tell that by myself. Is your mom proud you work here? So then cool. they, they write this, like, fake prescription. They send it, or no, it's a real prescription, but, like, they send it out into the ether, and you never know when it's going to come. So yeah. then I go next door. I'm waiting for another two hours in uh, the Walgreens waiting for the prescription. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how it is. And then I couldn't even get it that day. I had to waddle home i'm in so much pain and then come back the following morning get that medicine and yeah eventually it went away but it was a really it's hard to sleep yes it's like you need a. it's like your it's like there's an aura around your vagina it was hard to even lie down it was hard to even relax yeah yeah, damn. No, damn. it's not great. For future though, there are a lot of like apps now, like GoodRx and is one of them. And like, there's like just like if you uh kind of like Google like UTI medicine now that you can go through a similar portal to what you do with the, your OBGYN. But it's basically just companies that want to make money. So like maybe not good for other things, but great for UTIs and yeast infections because you can you need just that answer questions. And as long as you know the right answers to to answer to to get to what you need to get to, I mean, you should be answering honestly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but. 
but like there's some questions trying that, to gauge that you know you're you. like well don't say yes to this because then they're gonna make a big bigger deal out of it you know you're smart you know your body um and uh, then they'll get you the medicine right away and like you do have to like pay for it like it's like 60 bucks or something so if it's not like money isn't like a huge huge no i mean concern, that's, that's worth it it's 60 dollars also yes for anyone who's every day that goes suffering by. with a uti yeah you know like don't it's better like not to eat for a week and like to get that uti yeah, absolutely fucking handle no absolutely eat I, soup. I had a uh, a really bad stomach flu uh a few months ago and i was throwing up for two days that was not as bad as the uti right yeah i yep. swear to god yeah oh yeah yep. no 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 i'd rather throw up any day than yeah. have a uti yeah yeah yep. yuck um corinne was mentioned earlier you taught yourself to squirt <laughs> So I'm in the process of teaching myself to oh, squirt. Oh, perfect. I we haven't got you actually a good squirted yet. Oh. I still don't know if it's possible for me. It I is. Hear, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I hear different things and I, I've like read up on it a lot. And some people seem to think that anybody can do it. You just need to stimulate the right muscles. Mm-hmm. And I've learned like the muscles and the motions yeah. to, to do that. But then other people say, yeah, some women can, some women can't. So I never know what the right answer is. Right. Because I don't know if I agree that all women can. Because I was like, I've done a lot of stuff to my vagina. No squirting. Like None. a lot of a lot of G-spot, a lot of, th- a lot of you know, anal, like a lot of... A lot of shit. Anal? Yeah. That's not going to get you squirt. No, but like... Out of your butt, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, I'm not saying anal sex. I'm saying anal insertion while you're... Ha- while oh, you're, while like you're- anal stimulation. Mm-hmm. Oh. I see. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, because usually... A lot of times you can get it with you're stimulating the clit, the G-spot, exactly. the anus, the blah, 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 your tits, your ears, your butt cheeks whatever yeah exactly so it's like the only people also the only people that i've heard really push that all women can squirt are men which immediately <laughs> makes me think it's not true that is so true and then also push that their cum is good for you because it has vitamins in it so and it's protein like, yeah yeah you can't really believe everything a man says <laughs> it's also good for your skin you ever hear that one <laughs> honestly I'm sure, I'm sure it is. okay Wait, I, what? Will, I will say Stop, i think that, that one checks out really yeah you used to work at a spa i know you're like a <laughs> Right. Yeah, you jizzed on all and day. I gotta say, Were people like, jizzing on you in the uh, <laughs> but wait <laughs> massage room. The most cum was on my face when I was younger, <laughs> when I had like more visible acne, and it did improve it. Were you doing it as an experiment? <laughs> to no, I just had a, uh, that was like my I had my longest term boyfriend when I had the most acne, and I think there was a correlation, which is a whole other story because you liked him young. Um, uh. But um, yeah, so I had a lot of come on my come on my face. He came on your face a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did you think? Well, were you, you want into to the car? No, I just, I, I mean, we, we just dated for five years and, and I got, the cum has to go different places because you yeah. get bored. Because you hair, face, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I think like, <laughs> you know, when you're younger, you're just like, it's not like, you're just more down for like messy stuff like that. Now it's like, if you come on my face, like I have to go wash my hair. I gotta like, get it. It's toner. just not, yeah, I'm just not like, I don't. I like getting cum though. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, you know, I think also now, you know, since I'm less young, people like, like to come on my ass, I guess, because they don't want to. <laughs> They don't want to come to seep in the wrinkles. So, lest they reveal your age. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, so where what started off started you off on this journey to want to squirt? Well, first of all, I've always wanted to do it. I think it's the coolest thing. <laughs> it's every ever. girl's dream. Yeah, I mean, to me, it is. Yeah. I have I have a friend who can do it, and. I asked her one time because I didn't even really, you know, that you say squirting, it's kind of like a misnomer. Right. Like, I was imagining like a, 
like right a, you know which in porn a window sometimes bottle. it does look like that right which i'm like what the fuck of pussy do you have and I, i've watched that too right i, I wonder what that is that like a visual you know effect? i feel like maybe they you know those flowers that mag- clowns have that go to birthday parties that squeeze the water yeah. maybe they have that in their vagina because some of that squirting looks although some people have written us and said like help like i can't i need a fucking new mattress every time i fuck because i squirt so much yes. like so uh. exactly so my friend who can squirt she was like no it's like it's like two juice boxes full of liquid yeah like, okay it, it's so much and then that got me thinking like well i don't want to have to change not, my sheets every yeah. time too well, also but where is that fluid living because like i don't i couldn't even have <sighs> have sex if i had that much fluid in my body it's like, a really where, good okay, where is i've it? squirted because i had a, a an ex-boyfriend basically say everyone can squirt i'm like okay and then he made me do it and it's consistently throughout our seven-year relationship and did he make and you it was do a it like he had he Finger. knew the method yeah yeah, yeah. Well, he dated a porn star right before me and she taught him how to oh, do it fun. and he was like oh sick and so he did it to me and i was like oh works for me too so, so, there was, so it was more like a drip than us there was no momentum behind there it. there was no momentum behind it it was just and it was a puddle but it, it wasn't it was like it, it was it was very it was a very thin liquid if that makes sense sticky so like, or no no not really like water but like lighter than water is how it felt but every, every time he attempted it did that but i but it and it did feel like you know after you have an orgasm and you're like like that it felt like a more extreme version of that but it wasn't an actual orgasm it didn't feel like when you have an orgasm in your clit like you feel it pulsate and you're like yay you know this wasn't like that it was weird it was very it's very different and very 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 fun i really liked it i just it's hard to describe was it like everything all your muscles just relax at once that's how i imagine it yeah because oh yeah now i'm remembering god i haven't had sex in so long um because i remember when we first started trying it he was like it's okay if you have to pee. Like, if you feel like you have to pee, just relax. And I was like, Meh. and then that's what eventually I did relax. And then a puddle came out. When it came out, <laughs> did you feel like you were peeing? No, I didn't. I okay. almost couldn't even feel it coming out. I just, the only reason I knew I did it was because you looked at the sheets and there was, you know, So then water. what's the satisfaction in it if you can't feel it? it? Um, The, the, I don't know if it releases a different type of hormone than when you have like an orgasm with a vibrator or a clitoral stimulation, but it felt like a deep relaxation. Like I just came out of a floating pool after being in there for an hour with like ohm chanting. Hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Dream vacation. Cool. Seriously, it's pretty good. I, I also, I do, for a while I've wanted to pee on someone. Mm-hmm. And the main reason is because anecdotally, I've also heard when you pee on somebody, like um, let's say you're on top and you pee on somebody, you have to relax all those muscles. So often you end up having an orgasm anyway. What? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. wait so, wait, wait, wait. okay. Wait, so, I've peed on someone, but like, what do you, do you mean like, so, I don't have an or- Okay, so you know, you know how sometimes when you're having sex, this happens more like when you're younger, but you feel like you have to pee. So you kind of tense uh-huh. up because right. you don't want to pee. So apparently if you just pee on someone. While you're getting a, while there's a yeah. dick in you? Yes. Oh. How do oh. you even do that? Do you do you do would that? have to drink probably well, two liters of water and then get on top. That's well, how I'm picturing You it. know what? That does make sense because your urethra is not in your vaginal canal. Right. Mm. No, so, no, no. I just never even like, I've never even like. Like heard I've never of heard of that someone Inch- being able tried? to do that. No, I have a friend who did it also, and so she a lot of while there was a d- friends. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's the best because then you can live and learn from them. Yes. Um. So she peed while there was a dick in her. Yes. And she had an orgasm. Yes. And and she said it was like the it's- strongest one she's ever had. <laughs> that's 
so every man is like fuck that's so funny all it took wow Wow, I'm going to think about that for a while. Yeah. It feels like it would be so uncomfortable to fuck while having to pee. And also, yeah. speaking of UTIs, you can't pee if you have a really, like, really bad way to have sex because you're supposed oh, to clear it out immediately. I know. Listen, it's not hygienic. And it's <laughs> I not, guess I mean, not. pee's sterile, but, right. you know, for your own pussy, no, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not it, the best. Yeah, because you want to release as much as possible before and after sex. Like, that's right. a big thing of UTIs. I could never pee before and after. Don't people say you have I to I do pee? one over the other. I do no. after. Yeah. How could you after possibly... is more important, yeah. I mean, after is more important. It, That's what I thought. Yeah, and especially especially if you're raw dogging it, you know. Ugh, so, raw dogging it. Yeah. Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a partner? I do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We've been together almost three years. We live Aww. together. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. How's it goes? So it's going well. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Is he <laughs> down to? <laughs> You know what? What an honest response. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he down to try stuff like this? Like. Yes, he is. Um, but and he said I could pee on him if I want to. Aww. But, um, you know, the prep that goes into that, like, I'm going to need to get a rubber sheet or something or I'll, like rent a hotel room with a large bath so you could just straddle him. It's actually a, an amazing idea. Yeah, I, I did it in the bathroom because then the cleanup no for the bedroom. Involved. Yeah, too much. You right. got to be in a tile room. Right. And you want to really if you're going to relax your bladder and your vagina while there's a dick inside you while you're urinating, you don't want it in the back of your mind like, oh, I have to clean all this up. Like, that's the last thing you want right. in your mind. Right. Do it in like Mexico when you have one of those like outside showers with drainage. <gasps> Ooh, Mexico, Dude, go baby. to Tulum. It's time to get dirty. <laughs> go to Tulum. Um, yeah. So uh, he says he's open to that. And usually like anything else I want to do he's usually pretty open to it I mean but I don't I don't I don't usually want anything too crazy okay yeah Yeah. so how so you're making yourself squirt because your friends can do or you have a friend that can do it how you're making me sound like such a follower (laughs) no I mean my ex-boyfriend literally was like I can do it to you too I'm like yeah please you know actually I I just remembered this a few years ago um when I was single and I was like on the apps and stuff I was talking to this guy we never met up but he starts telling me that he like went down to Miami and took a course <laughs> in how to make a woman squirt. Mm, and one good thing that came out of Florida. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was imagining, you know, a room full of um, hospital beds or like <laughs> operating table, like those silver platform right. tables that you sit on at the doctor's office and just like men with mannequins or right. whatever. Like a doll, blow a doll. Yeah. And, but I don't know what it was actually like, but he kept, he was so insistent that he could make any woman squirt, I guess, kind of like your ex-boyfriend. Right, right. Um, but I never found out because I was like, that's not, we don't lead with that. Yeah, yeah right. No, that sounds like but a I sex criminal. Like, yeah. what are your dreams and goals, dude? Like, I don't want to talk about that yet. Yeah. Also, to sign up for a course, like, let's think about the logistics. This guy lives in New York. He signed. <laughs> he got he, on the he airplane to, to make my... a woman squirt. <laughs> Boo, he could have done that in New York. <laughs> There's so many sex educators here. And he probably had to pre-register, too. Right. You know? Well, if he's it, flying it was, down. Right. Yeah, well, it like sounds your spot. like he took a discount course, too. Because that's <laughs> why he went to Florida, you know? So even, like, even, even with the flight, it was even cheaper. Even with airfare, it was cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't trust that guy. Good yeah, move. Yeah, yeah, good. You got yeah. it. Your spidey senses so are accurate. How have you, in what ways have you attempted like finger, dildo, um, yeah. penis. So there's like certain, yeah, only with fingers. Yeah. Only with fingers. I don't own a dildo. I've never used one. Um, it seems silly. <laughs> Do you know that I mean? is how you said it. You're like, I don't own a dildo. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's easy. <laughs> but I am like very, I'm into sex toys. I love like, a, I love a butt plug. Mm-hmm. I love like a, like 
clitoral vibrators like of any kind really but i don't really need a, a big old fake penis inside me yeah yeah good for you yeah yeah that's good i mean you get a get one of the suction cup and weighted and then you put it on a stool and it feels like it's a guy but you know uh you had a boyfriend so are you being you serious yeah you wow. didn't know about that yeah. no it has a suction cup at the end of it yeah and you put it on a stool yeah, I mean, why wouldn't that exist? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. Huh. Now I'm thinking about it more. Of course that exists. Yeah, I would love a full sex doll. But again, me that, too. I, I looked into it. Those are $20,000. And it just seems like not a great investment. You know right what? Now. I feel like a man would buy one for you. Yeah. If you guys want to buy, I mean, but then they, I would they, like one too. So they would we want to crowdsource it. You could have oh, like videos. a, a GoFundMe. We're, crowd, we're crowdsourcing our male sex dolls. <laughs> It's the only man that won't run away from me. <laughs> a sex doll. I just like it because there's no talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can experiment because I was <laughs> I was like, I was in my apartment the other day and I had my yoga mat down and I was like, you know, I'm gonna be riding the D soon. I could feel it. So I was practicing, you know, when you haven't done it in a while. And How long like, has it been? Uh well, New Year's New Year's I did it, but that was the first time in two years. So oh, wow. and I, okay. I never really took a break like this. So it's it's been very valuable. It's been very interesting. But I'm like it's going to happen for me soon. So I was trying. I'm like, man, it's hard to be on top. I got to get fit. Oh, it's so yeah. funny because you always say that. And I was like, that's literally the only way I have sex. And I mean, it, it really? just hurts. My legs burn. And I squat. 190 is my max on the squat rack. That's pretty good. Oh, for, uh, for She flexing over here. 100% on flexing. But you, we talked and, and about this. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but you don't need to be putting all the pressure on your... You shouldn't... You're, you don't need to be putting pressure on your legs like that at all. What? Do you have, do you have a headboard? How do you ride the dick? I, I mean, unless you're having someone sex with someone with a 17 inch cock and they're you're floating above them well, you absolutely you do. don't know Corinne, you're not in my room <laughs> hey, you no, fucking know my business no it should be it should be fully inside or unless you but have I'm a like, shallow vagina no, i don't I'm know like what's this. going on here I'm like this i know for the people but it's like this you, you don't need this. to ride Wait, like that you stand what? up on your feet no 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 you don't need you to stand up you don't need to do that christina no 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 i'm okay i'm 36 i certainly do not do that yeah, for, you just for the listeners, forth, like you're scooting in a chair. You go, you for go, the listeners, Corinne is on her knees. Like Christina was on Wait, the what? balls of her feet. Dick in here, and you're on, you're on your, oh. you're on your calf, and like you're this to go, to go oh, like wow, this. Oh wow, I've been doing it way to too. To go like this is wild, it, right? It hurts. That's no wonder you're sore. No wonder you're sore. Listen, this is a move. You ride the dick. Wait, on the balls of my feet. No, that's a that's a porn move, Christina. Exactly. Did you learn that from porn? Exactly. I was like. You could you could pull this out every now and again if it's a holiday. <laughs> but you're gonna you wanna go like this and then also not up and down, you wanna go like more like like <laughs> like ride that pony like genuine, you know? <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I'm just a bachelor. <laughs> Good thing I figured this out before. Because you can't. There was a dick in me. I, I, you said this. I've been sucking dick wrong. I've been riding dick wrong. How have you Jesus been sucking dick wrong? You said well, this one other episode. And it was, I was a while like, ago, but. And I was like, I mean, I am not like, I'm not in like <laughs> Olympic shape over here. It's not that hard. I put so much. I put way too much work in the wrong places. That is, that's so <laughs> funny that you've been trying to do it that that's way. That's crazy. It's what they, but that's, is, I've been watching porn. Yes. But that's fucking. That's, yes. I mean, I know that's not real life sex. I know that. But. It's, a lot. Every everyone in the porns do it. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> the you're, 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 you're like it's like Damn. it's like you're walking uphill to something that there was an, <laughs> there was an entrance on the main floor. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, my my thing with that is like in porn they always show that, but I don't I don't think because I I've done it before. Sure, if I want it to feels impress good. Someone. I've done it, but when I did it on New Year's, that's part of what I did, and it feels good for me. Yeah, it's a move you definitely pull out from time to time. You can even wow, incorporate I, it in a series of different moves for one sexing, but to do that. To come to someone's completion, you're gonna need you're gonna be in a wheelchair. <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah, it's just not. You're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. All right. Damn. But maybe tape Damn. it. I'd like yeah. to see it. It's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty. I look great. I look great. Yeah. Well, because that, that's what it's for. It's <laughs> so I look. Oh yeah. Well, right. I guess yeah, that, that's but if it's a poor yeah, move. That exactly. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because think of it. Like damn it. Everything's straight or nothing's hanging. Uh, although I will argue the other way. I don't think is I, unflattering. I mean, when I'm no, fucking, I, I don't care about. What, I'm like, I look good. Just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like I don't like. I don't care if there's. It don't matter. Um, wow. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't even. For a yeah, while. I mean, I've had sex with some pretty fat people, and you can't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. It does. Yeah. Fat okay. or unattractive or not. Not those are not the same things. You no. Know? Right. <laughs> Relax. No, everybody. I think people that are the, the more weight you got on you, the more fun you are to fuck. I mean, yeah. with guys at least. Oh gosh. Wait, say that again. Like I feel like I've I've fucked some guys that were heavier, and I'm like, this is better. Like you're you're more of of a person. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So you and you have a partner of three years. When you do it, are you on top? Like, do you have like a, do you have a. A fave yeah. position? Yeah. Uh, well, my favorite position is always doggy style. It's the only way I can come. Mm. Um, I guess I, I can come from being eaten out, but I mean like with penetration, that's the only way I can come. But we change a lot. It's like. I don't mean to be like, I don't mean to sound like a dick or anything or, but I work both pretty athletic so our sex is pretty athletic like my yeah. core, my core is always engaged yeah <laughs> nice it's it's uh yeah like that's I, awesome i don't i don't like to just lay there yeah i, like I to, it honestly the orgasm feels better when your muscles are being used yes. like when you are putting weight on yourself or whatever that's maybe that's why i ride the dick the way i do I don't know. Well, sex is like working out. It's like, so, I mean, for, well, for me, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't really feel like doing this right but now. But then sometimes it's then nice to I, lay there. Once I start, I go, I'm glad I did this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my relationship And you get the sex. oxytocin the yeah, same way. I go, yeah. all right. Well, I'm glad that we put our all into this today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Is there anything you want to try that you haven't yet? Peeing. Yeah. Um, But not, not really anything else. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, like, what have I done? I've, on a lot of BDSM but that's like that's mainly because like all through my 20s that was when everybody thought choking was like a thing you had Everyone to do. Everyone incorporated choking and I'm like you guys you don't you got to respect the choking like and, there's a method there's a BDSM kink ask. is like 
very consent based and very mm-hmm. it's like the most respectful sex ironically is is bdsm yes uh because there's there's a power there's a hierarchy it's very clear that the sub is usually the one to charge and all that stuff so yeah people don't understand that though and they just fucking meet a girl fuck her and choke her out i'm like that's not no yeah not, when we say people we mean guys yeah yeah it's guys yeah, yeah. It, and it's and, and that's from porn too because yeah. they're doing it i mean because they don't show that conversation that they have beforehand yes of, of course because you know that they're having extensive conversations right. before their the, pizza they signed delivered. a contract yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah there was one um relationship i was in it wasn't a serious relationship as casual but there was like we did a lot of bdsm stuff but that felt better to me because i felt like he was actually really into it and that was his thing and he had like these these nerdy about it nerdy about it he had these like french comic books about this like this girl named sylvie or something and she's always (laughs) in bondage Mm -hmm. so hot i live for the french and like close-ups on her butthole and like artsy (laughs) wait it was a comic book though it was a yeah, it was a graphic a cartoon, novel. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like a, gra- a little graphic novel yes. of erotica. Yeah. Yes. Um so or that, porn. that felt good. And that also like I was submissive, but I did always feel in charge. Yeah. Um, and it was very respectful. But then there was like a slew of other dudes who would just choke me out without asking, without any indication that I wanted to do that. Yeah. And it's not really my thing. Yeah. If you're a guy and you're listening to this, FYI, don't do that. You got to you gotta have a conversation before there's there, you engage in those activities. Or you can just lightly put your put your hands on someone's neck and, and then not press. Yes. Feel it out. Yes. Feel it out. Because they'll, they'll, they'll say more. Yeah. Yeah. I just think mm. we're like, I think we go a little too quickly into the choking. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah, no, that's cr- crazy. Like you save know. it for the wedding night. It's, it's not. It's not always a safe. Th- like you also need to know what you're doing. It's right. not always safe to exp- exp- Right. There's choking classes. Someone. Like there's a lot of um like sex clubs in New York and in Brooklyn specifically. I'm thinking of one, and uh, they have classes, and they teach a lot of classes on BDSM moves. And mm. one of them, they have like a class that's very popular about choking because it's like you have. There's no pressure. There's it's very light. You're just putting your hand over like a guy with a big hand. Mm. I love that. <laughs> and then when he like puts it on your neck, but there's no pressure, it's so hot. You're like playing pretend. It's so hot. Well, yes. people usually choke too light or too hard. And there's no Goldilocks yeah, over here. No, <laughs> just right. I'm either like, I can't feel anything or like, I can't feel anything before the bad way. Choke me, daddy. <laughs> like for, yeah. Because I'm yeah, losing air. <laughs> I'm losing consciousness. Oxygen is leaving my yeah. brain. Uh, I'm going to turn purple. Yeah. Um, and then also with choking, <clears throat> you have to be careful because a lot of people have had like domestic violence experiences or something that like they just don't want right. violence they could incorporated get in their sex at all. Yeah. So I, that's something I've noticed. Like that's something that like several of my friends have have pointed yeah. out that they're like, yeah, that's that's why I'm not into it at all. Um, moving forward, though, uh, you have a podcast called R.I.P. Diets. And I know you talk a lot about eating disorders and body neutrality and, and stuff like that. So I wanted to get into that because I feel like that's something that's so prevalent um, in, you know, just society for everyone. But, you know, specifically, I think a lot for women. Um, and we don't talk we haven't talked about it on this podcast that that much. So I thought it would be helpful and informative to do another episode. And we also have kind of like I obviously am familiar with body neutrality which kind of is for those listening uh the response to body positivity which oh okay i never heard of that which i you you guys know my feeling on body positivity i fucking hate it oh Uh, i hate it too okay good yeah so i'm i'm very careful to call myself body neutral instead of body positive yeah and there are two reasons for that one is 
what you're saying that the me- the message or the reason why I think you don't like it mm-hmm. is that the message gets confused and it kind of like gets co-opted as this thing on Instagram where like skinny women can show their roles and say it's body positivity. <laughs> but, <laughs> My favorite. But you guys we, look, see? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I, I try not to to be one of those people that's like something that I'm very conscious of because I do live in a very privileged body and being um, outspoken about body image the way that I am, I know that it could be easy for some people to to be like, well, you don't actually know. Like people who might not you know your my own relationship story. with your body. Yes, of course. Um, but when you look into the body positive movement, it actually was started in the 80s and 90s by um, black plus size women, Mm -hmm. women of color who did not feel that their voices were being heard, Mm -hmm. did not feel like there was a space for them. So what's happening right now with, you know, thin white women co-opting body positivity. The same as the Me Too movement. It's just, you know, just white people taking over it. Yeah. And not, yeah, and not, and and completely losing. Not giving credit. The message, yeah. Yeah. So So the message is being lost now and... Now the original people who were benefiting from this movement, their voices aren't being heard as much and people don't understand. Mm. Body neutral, it kind of just, um, it's an alternative and it basically means I don't give a fuck about what my body looks like. It means that I don't have to feel positively about my body all the time. I just have to accept it. Obviously, you're human and you're not going to wake up every day and be like, I fucking love my inner thighs. Like, that's not going to happen. I just, I don't know what, I I wish there was a way to properly, justifiably communicate how silly it is. I know it's easy to get caught up in because it's society, but your anybody's body has uh, uh, nerves, has blood running through it. You have a brain, you have a nervous system, you have a sympathetic nervous system. You have like, your body does the most, a human body does the most incredible things. You have your own pharmacy in there. There's so many stories of people healing themselves, of diseases, of all this stuff. You can get a disease from not dealing with a sexual assault because there's bitterness and there's energy work, like energy work with your body. And I'm like, and then we're so caught up in what it fucking looks like. I know. Are you fucking kidding me? But a lot of people's bodies are working against them, though. So even though all those wonderful things are going on, a lot of people uh, don't have a body that does all those things for them. Right. But, th- but then I would that's think true. <laughs> yeah. But that's even more reason to appreciate it the, when, right. when it does. And, um, and, you know, I think a great example is when uh, when the pandemic hit and everybody was inside their houses and suddenly... We have the quarantine 15 is a thing or people saying that their uh, their bodies are changing. They're nervous that their bodies are going to change. And it's in the middle of a pandemic. Like people are actually dying. Right. And people's health is losing their jobs, and losing their income. Sources. Yes. Yeah. Forget. And, and mental health. Right. And people are at a low point, too. But meanwhile, we're all so concerned about how we're going to keep ourselves from gaining weight. Yeah, that's wild. And yeah. it seemed- oh, see, I wasn't like those was like the one time that I in my life that I wasn't worried about it, and I consciously gained ten pounds, and it was like really, yeah, go Be- off, Corinne, because I knew because I was like ten pounds is what I can work with, and like I know how to get off of that. After that, like it's a little bit of a spiral. Um, but I was like, yeah, and it was truly, I talk about it a lot on here, the happiest time of my life, and part of that was because I just it didn't matter, and yeah. obviously, like it's a there's a little bit of an extra layer to thinking about your body when you're in this 
this industry when it's actually affecting your money, affecting the roles that you get, affecting auditions and stuff like that. Um, again, I've talked about that at length on the show, but uh, yeah. And and so I like I loved quarantine for for many reasons, but that was that was a big part of it for sure. That's honestly really great that you had that. I think it's a better attitude to have than yeah. the other way around. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I guess it's got to be hard, though, if you grew up being bullied about your body or people always commenting on your body for whether good or bad comments. It's just like I, I imagine that that's. It's just like that's a it's a lot. Well, I think all don't I mean don't all women grow up having constant comments about their bodies? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> I mean, um, when you're t- twelve hits, you're like, okay, mailman, y- stop looking at me like that. Yeah, like that's when your body becomes like public property, right. so to speak. Yep, right. yep, yep. Yeah, um, but I was definitely ridiculed for my weight my entire life. What um, was said? Like what kind of things were said? Um, well, it started like within the family. I was, oh, that's um, sad. yeah, I, I was, uh, I, I struggle with how to say this because I go back and forth about like the term overweight and the term obese, but medically I was obese. Okay. Um, there was a point that I probably was what you would call morbidly obese, but I have an issue with that as well because that makes it sound like a death sentence right um and morbidly uh, yeah i mean morbidly obese well i don't know when, when morbidly obese hits but obese comes at you like from a medical quick, standpoint quicker a than, lot faster than anyone like anybody's like, eyes yeah, yeah ob- like you know the term obesity what weight it starts at like uh, so many people i would look at and i would never describe them as o- obese but then at right. the same time you know if you look at the, like the united states government the dairy industry made the food pyramid it like back in the 80s or whatever so like there's there, that's factual so it's like, who's dictating this this weight limit of obesity? I don't I don't know. Like, it, what's going into that? Is that just to sell? Like, I I don't know. I get too like are they just trying to sell us diet pills because they usually always are. Yeah, well, there's actually a lot of corruption in the medical industry, and a, a lot of the um, the metrics that they use are not relevant anymore, and yeah. they change a lot too. Mm. One thing that I learned recently was the BMI scale, which is still used, you know, to say what yeah. range you are if you're in a healthy weight. Um, that has changed. So when we say, you know, because I was hearing, I was hearing statistics like, um, you know, the the uh, it used to be that only twenty percent of the American population was obese, but now oh, it's, it's closer to sixty. Yeah, which I was like, that's such a big jump. That's such a big jump. And then I look back at um, records of how BMI has changed Mm -hmm. and the actual numbers at which we are considered overweight and obese have gotten lower. So that means that not only like certainly our our rate of obesity has gotten wider, but also the scale has changed. So even the metric by which we measure it is accurate. That's interesting because I, th- I thought that they would have made it, it a little higher just like, you know, give us the, some wiggle room the way like a, a size <laughs> eight is is different than it was 20 years ago. It's bigger. It is bigger. Yeah, yeah that that's true. That was another thing. It's like weird. I used to hear people say Marilyn Monroe was a size 16, but really she was a six. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, you can just look, you can just eyeball that and look at pictures. It's, it's so funny. I was looking at pictures of her on like, you know, a vintage, you know, Instagram account the other day and I was like, there's literally no way she no was way. a size 10 or 12 by today's standards. No, there's no way. And you can even tell from her arms. They're thin. Tiny. <laughs> like, you're tiny. Like, this is not. This so is no way. So how. So what was said in your family that like. Um. So. First of all, like to set the scene a little bit. I. Uh, I was the only person in my family aside from my brother, but it um it was dealt differently with him because he was a boy. Nobody ever really 
told him to lose weight or he even told me recently when he would go to the doctor, they never told him to lose weight. Was oh, he overweight really medically? Weird. I was always. Yes. He, so you were both we, medically We were overweight. similar. We were similar. Huh. We had similar bodies. Um, uh. But you know, for some reason, I think because with boys, we tend to think, oh, he'll grow out of it. Whereas with girls, we tend to think like, what's wrong with her? Is she not like, does she not know? Does she Ooh, not care? Oh my God, you know, yeah, yeah. weird. Um, so I noticed um, very early on that there were differences in the way that we would be treated. Um, mm. That's and, fucking infuriating. You know, my parents attitude around how much we should eat and stuff like that. Mm. I also had uh, an older sister who is naturally very petite and she was constantly being praised for it and weird that's also weird constantly like oh you're so cute oh look at your tiny little feet like uh, constantly (laughs) every fucking day god um so and i was always taller and i was always um you know i i was definitely a chubby kid but even just body size wise i was not petite and i I thought that was what i should be because of the level that she was praised about it. Damn. I also have Mind a mom fuck. who is a supermodel. Not actually, but she could be. Um, oh, that's that's she, so that's annoying. annoying. That's, she looks like a nineties supermodel, like Christy but, Brinkley. Yeah. Like she she absolutely looked like that. So, but did she? So, but but uh, it leads me to leave also her attitude. What was her attitude about that? Like every woman treats her looks differently, and so what was her? She she has always been very image focused mm. very concerned about her appearance yeah. i never see ah, her I, i've tough. never seen her leave the house without makeup or without curling her hair right um yeah so even very young even things that had nothing to do with weight like beauty standards like i didn't want to tweeze my eyebrows but my mom really wanted me to because they were getting bushy and i remember telling my mom i'm a feminist so i don't want to shave my or i don't want to tweeze my eyebrows right and um and she's like all right whatever and then Ugh. and then later on like maybe a few weeks later we're watching tv and a preview for that movie frida yeah comes on oh no and i was like oh wow her eyebrows are are pretty bushy yeah and i remember my mom being like it's because she was a feminist so she didn't tweeze her eyebrows so she Ugh. made herself look ugly <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and that's also Dude. like why? Because I'm like number one, Frida's be- beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. she's uh, <laughs> she changed the world, and, and also that's who part of cares? her aesthetic. Like, yeah, yeah. there's it, a woman on Instagram who wrapped like, up in physicality, who it's, is like traditionally like very very gorgeous, but has this like really dark black unibrow, and she I has dyed blonde hair. It's fucking awesome. And everyone's always like, why don't you tweeze it? And like in theory, I understand, but it's like then she would just be another dime a dozen yeah. hot babe on Instagram. Absolutely. But she's memorable and has all these followers because she has a unique standard of beauty which she created for herself which is why I love people like Lady Gaga and stuff who lean into just like being a little bit weird and a lot a little less traditionally gorgeous yeah even though Lady Gaga like did get work done to her face and stuff like whatever do what you want to do with your face yeah but I think like leaning into like you know a weirder nose or like that's to me I, I love an interest like an interesting look. gap tooth so, fucking unibrow you, I yeah oh, shit's I awesome. love a gap tooth I love a gap tooth like you're never gonna be the hottest woman in the room like i know and also at the end of the day sorry we all got tricked that doesn't actually matter who gives a shit oh maybe you you get yes a little bit more cool but like i feel i almost feel like a a lot of sympathy for 
people in our like our mom's generation who were taught they were raised i'm sure your mother's mother oh yeah made it very clear to her or society made it clear to her in some way that you are your looks and as long as you have those in line you're a good person you're a good girl you're a good woman or whatever the fuck it is and so of course that attitude is going to leak onto your kids and it's just oh, it's just a it's an endless cycle of fuck yeah and i i also kind of feel like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't kind of thing because i'm sure a big reason why she is that way is because she was always praised for her looks. right right that's what she thought hot her people worth was. are the people who think about looks the most by far because you would think, yeah because you, you would think it would be like it. in quotes ugly people but it's hot people other people have yeah. the best time are thinking about it so much yeah and 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 uh, you know societally on a you know, unattractive people are thinking about it way less. Yeah, because, because never you're been hyper thing. aware of yeah. how other people perceive right. you. Yes, you're right. hyper aware of it. Um, so, yeah, that was just a lot of pressure. And, and you know, I didn't have this lithe, thin body that all the women in my family had. Um, so from very early on, I was sent to nutritionists. I was sent Jeez. to fat camp. What um, happened in fat camp? Was it called fat camp? Like what they call it? They call it we, weight colloquial. loss camp. Uh, I'll shout out the camp. It's Camp Pocono Trails. It's in the Poconos. <laughs> right. But actually, MTV did a oh. uh, show, Fat Camp, that took that took place at that camp. Wow. So, yeah. Not when I was there, though. Because everyone calls it Fat Camp. Like, I had a friend who went to Fat, fat Camp, and every summer she would leave for Fat Sounds Camp, and she fun. would come back, you know, thinner and then she would gain it back and then go back to fat camp and like you know, <laughs> exactly. the next summer i'd keep gaining it back so i keep going back it's fun well but it's because it's like obviously you're gonna lose weight if like you're like run, running like, all day who's gonna play sports all day like during the but school also year it doesn't make sense yeah i mean it's uh, i will say like the nutrition part of it like the why why are so many kids in in america obese and then you look at like the cereal aisle in any american grocery store and it's repulsive it's like you should not be eating those things for cereal like that or for breakfast that's insane it's insane but also too some people are bigger and they're not, they're athletic. Like they're just athletic. There's so many people I follow on Instagram that are quote overweight and they can, they're fucking doing headstands on their yoga mat and just, they're very athletic and very strong. And it's like, absolutely. Oh, we've all been fed this fucking lie. A- absolutely. And, and fat camp was like very extreme, which, so you're right. Like there's no way you could keep that weight off because yeah. you're doing aerobics. At least af- at the time we were doing aerobics, maybe they've changed it to be like trendier or I don't know, but yeah, you're, you're like an army fucking boot camp. Yes. Yes. The, the wind. So the girl, did aerobics every morning and the, <laughs> Why boys... the guys just jerked off yes <laughs> the guys jerked off on her the girls faces as they, they came back with very thin wrists yeah yeah um no they did calisthenics which is <laughs> that it's basically like you carry heavy shit up a hill oh over and over and over That's again like me fucking yeah yeah deep, yeah deep conditioning okay um yeah uh and then there was one day during the summer when you got to trade so like the boys could do aerobics and the girls could do cows and I did that one day and I was like, I never want to fucking do this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy I'm a woman right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was intense. And you also had a, to follow a strict diet. Yeah. There were these wristbands. At the time, I was trying to be a vegetarian. So they had a green wristband. And I wore it so that, you know, they wouldn't serve me meat at the dining hall. But I discovered that if you turned the wristband around, it was white. Mm-hmm. And a white wristband meant maintenance, which means you get like an extra piece of cake. 
it means you're maintaining your weight rather than there were some kids who were there not to lose weight, but to maintain their weight. So well, they were they allowed to, to, to eat more camp to maintain their weight. Well, you got to remember, these are all f- very fucked up parents. Yeah. yeah like, Jesus Christ. These are parents who are trying to slap a bandaid on a situation right, with that, instead of talking to their children and, and facing also, the fact that maybe they're not a great parent at that moment. Uh, Yes. Or, you know, I I think it's it's just it's taking the easy way out because there is no short term solution. Um, I say it all the time. Like, I do not think that dieting works, especially not in the long term. Um, It's statistically proven to not be effective. Yeah. Not an effective form of weight loss. So doing something that extreme, especially to a kid. Yeah. When your body's changing so much. I don't think it's healthy and I don't think they should exist. Yeah, yeah. just mentally. I mean, like, I, I do very much think that nutrition is obviously super important. And uh, I have, like, I think different fe- like feelings about, like, so, you know, I think part of what bothers me about body positivity is, like, you know, how it is in n- currently is just, like, I mean, it is morbidly. I mean, I follow a lot of accounts of, like, truly morbidly obese people. And everyone's like, yes, queen. And I'm like, this person is dying in front of us and like i'm talking like you know four five six hundred pounds and just something that there's 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 no way there's something wrong most likely mentally and this person needs help and we're cheering them on instead of like not that we should be offering them help but it's just i have a very like a weird moral conflict with that um but i just but i think there's no like i I just think there's no world in which a, a child should have to put this much thought into what they're eating and i think it starts like a really negative path of fucking obsession um, yeah, and it's uh, there's just I don't think a kid should be going to a nu- nutritionist or really even being talked to about their weight unless there's like some kind of imminent danger. Yeah, in which I think you can word it differently. Yeah, yeah, and it was um it was really really damaging. But yeah, to to your point, those people who you see on Instagram like the body positive accounts, many of those people um have been suffering with food disorders, eating disorders, like you can be fat and have an eating disorder for their whole life. And whatever it is, we might not know all the reasons, but something led to them being that size. They still deserve the same respect. Oh, of course. The same health care, the same, you know, common courtesy that anybody else does. Yeah. But when you see somebody, a thin person walk down the street with a cigarette, you don't see people shouting at them like, you fucking unhealthy whore. You know right. what I mean? I think we feel like it's okay to say that to fat people because we think it's their fault. And yeah, there is pers- this weird, the phobia or the, I don't even know what it is, but people's at, it's just, yeah. Sorry I do think that. that about people smoking, if that makes you <laughs> feel better. <laughs> I like that you think it, but don't <laughs> shout it. No, my, and, nor, and nor do I say anything to, you know, I would never, like I see people commenting on these people's accounts and I'm like, who has the time in the day? Why, yeah, well, why would those are losers Yeah, too. just let, do whatever the fuck you want. But I, it's just this, it's this set, like, like you also wouldn't celebrate someone just, for smoking a cigarette. I also think, so that's my point. I, but I know what you mean. And I, I understand that perspective of like, and I do think we, it's gone way overboard. The body positivity. I know. Thing. Yeah. Focusing on somebody's physical appearance, whether it's good or bad, whatever the fuck you think about anybody's physical appearance, what, however they look is taking away from what actually matters, which is how do you feel? Yes. That's what matters. It doesn't right. matter what your fucking body looks like. And that's kind of what I believe is that you need to focus on what makes you feel the healthiest and the yeah. happy, the happiest. And that, doesn't always mean the lowest weight. Right, right. right. But we are conditioned so to think we need to be the smallest version of ourselves yeah. to be happy. So 
going going back to like my experience, I was heavy until I was 20 years old. Um, and I definitely fluctuated. Um, there were times I was less heavy, times I was more, but I was always overweight. And then at a certain point, it got to a breaking point where I was just like, I just don't want to be treated like this anymore. Right. I mean, aside from like the the bullying and um and the stuff with my family, I also felt really like rejected and not um not loved, not, not seen. loved. Yeah. yeah. I I never, you know, dated anyone. I felt very isolated a lot yeah. of the time and I carried a lot of anger because mm. of like how my weight was treated like this. Right. Big well, problem. people were complimenting or com- complimenting, commenting on it. Your family was commenting on it. Your schoolmates were commenting on it. It's like, that's not who I am. Right. It's w- not who I am. Why don't you care about who I am? But you know what's funny is that people expect people in larger bodies to act a certain way or yeah. to be a certain way. Yeah. And in school, I remember... Um, Somebody said to me one time, like, it's so great that you don't care what other people think of you. Oh, my God. And I was like, that's such a backhanded okay. piece of shit thing to say. Yeah. It was like, it was the weirdest, like, because I was not up <laughs> because I was not subdued or because I was not like uh, acting like I was ashamed oh of existing, that that was a, a problem. Right. right. Um, but I, I carried a lot of anger toward like that attitude and, and sure. just the whole thing. So. Then when I lost weight, I intentionally lost weight at age 20. I lost about 60 pounds, 70 pounds, something like that. And overnight, it was like I was in this new body and I was so conscious of the way that people treated me. Wow. And how different what did you it notice? Was. Yeah. I can only imagine what, how different Could you lady. say like some of the differences that stuck much, out the most? Much more attention from guys. Yeah. Um, and I have never been comfortable with that. I was ne- I was not comfortable with it at the time. Yeah. I like I don't even talk to boys that are not my boyfriend. I really don't. <laughs> I just I like women so much more. Yeah. That's how I know that being gay is not a choice because I if I was attracted to women, I know it'd be I say great. all the time I'm like I would way rather date a woman, but right? I'm just not. I'm straight, unfortunately. Maybe in my next life. But yeah. but yeah, that was like one of the biggest differences. And then but I didn't trust it. I didn't yeah. trust it because mm. I I just thought well, this is all about looks. It's not really. No, aesthetics who I am. mean nothing. Like they mean nothing, and we pretend it means everything. And then at the end of the day, it's not. You don't marry. If you marry somebody because of who they are, you date somebody because of who they are. You're friends with somebody because of who they are to you. It means nothing. But we're so. It but takes not, up all the attention. I right, mean, but we're not. Also, not like it's, if we were presented with like a picture of a bunch of like ugly dudes, like we're not going to want to go on a date with them. So like, I have to get to know. There them, is but, value in. Uh, you yeah, know, I don't want to say there's value, but we like to say that we don't care is just like we we're just care too we're, much we're about kidding aesthetics. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, like attraction is definitely important. Yeah, it's. It's totally important. Um, but I think we also we always forget that looks fade and they change. Right. And right. bodies are also meant to change. Yeah. Um, that's something I've had to come to terms with is like I have to be comfortable with my body changing in my chair. You know, I might have children in the future. Right. My body will change. Right. But yeah. that does not change your identity my worth. Yeah. or my identity. Yeah. yeah. But being fat was a part of my identity for so long that to suddenly be thin it was like 
I thought all my problems would go away. Mm. I thought I used to look at thin people and if they looked like they weren't having a good time, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right, 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 right. What right. do you have to complain about? Right. Because all you can see. Right. Because from growing up from a young age, all you were told is your your body, your body size, your body size, your body size. And then, yeah. And it's like, why doesn't she give a shit about her body size? Why isn't she appreciating it? Because that's drilled into you. It's, yeah. vicious. it's vicious. Yeah. yeah. And, then I, and then I thought like, if I could just have that, right. then all my problems will go away. But then once it happened... It was like my problems were amplified because now I didn't carry this like anger and um, inner turmoil about my body. Mm-hmm. So now all these other problems were popping up and, mm. and I was like, I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with them. Yeah. Did yeah. you have anxiety about the weight coming back? So much anxiety. Yeah. And and that's yeah. kind of when the disordered eating started. Um, and then that continued for about five years because also I heard were you what kind of disordered eating were you doing I had a restrictive eating disorder aka anorexia and okay. then um and then that turned into bulimia and then that turned into uh, a binge eating disorder okay that all makes that all makes sense psychologically because it's it's all control right it's all but let's it's like how do you how do you mend and I seriously I, I want to I'm curious like what your response is how do you mend the damage that's been done from like a, the young age, because like your little girl's soul was treated in a way that you should have never been treated. Uh, how how do you how do you come to terms with that and and be in a state of like harmony with yourself? It's really hard. It's it's still really painful. Like I uh, I can objectively say that I had a good childhood. I had many opportunities afforded to me. Um, and I had a, I have a great family. I love them very much. But when I look back on my childhood, the overwhelming thing is stress and anger and sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember a time that I was not so worried about my body yeah. and so worried that somebody was going to say something to me or or you're always on the lookout in fight or flight. Always overly cautious. Which yeah. I think definitely also contributed to using food as of a course. coping mechanism. Well, and yeah. it would also, you want control. Yeah. if you're stressed out all the time, your cortisol levels are skyrocketing, which also makes it harder for you to lose weight. So like if you, especially as a, at a young age, if you're under that much stress, I mean, stress is number one, the number one killer. And then also one of the main uh, contributors to weight loss. Like I have to like be so conscientious about my stress levels uh to keep like to keep basically in the shape that I want to be in yeah because it's like a huge problem like I'm like oh no I actually like medically need to like get acupuncture massage or meditate to even just keep myself in working order never mind like as a luxury yeah um yeah no it's really important your your like you said cortisol levels have a lot to do with the, how much your body changes or when it changes and stuff like that. But I just have no concept of the timeline. Like, was my stress and anxiety caused by the the eating or did the eating result from my stress and anxiety? Sure. I don't really Which know. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what came first was you were criticized on a, on on an aspect. You were criticized when you shouldn't have been. Yeah. I by, mean, you if you want to talk about like generational the thing is i can't blame my parents because their parents brought them up to be hyper concerned about their weight right also their parents lived through world war ii like right let's preserve food meatless mondays wheatless wednesdays like the mentality around food was not abundance and it wasn't like let your kids have as much as they fucking want it was how can the household preserve our food and um not burden anyone else you know so 
I can't really blame them. It's just the way that they were, were brought up. But when I was about eight or nine, my great grandmother turned 90 and we threw a birthday party for her. And this was the first time I ever met her. Uh, and I met her and then I, I like prepared some sort of performance, like some sort of song and dance <laughs> Aww, yeah, that's for cute. her birthday. It's a Spice Girl song or something. So, like, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved performing and stuff. So I sat her down on the couch and I did my little thing and she just says, wow, she has a lot of energy for someone with so much meat on her bones. Oh Jesus God. Christ, girl. Dude, old people love girl. making outrageous comments. Yeah, and they, she... They literally, they take all the damage that has been done to them their entire life and they put it in a feather in their hand and they go, here you go. Yeah. Now you live with it. But on a certain level, on a certain level, I envy it. Like, she just said whatever the fuck she wanted. You know yeah. what I mean? With no... Damn. No, no you attention to... You no. Yeah, really young, really young. I mean, that. yeah, I was just... Ugh. Stuff like that. To answer your question, though, like, how do you break free from that? What I did was um, I went to therapy and I learned about intuitive eating, um, which is having kind of a moment right now, which I'm happy about. But when I explain it to people, um, sometimes people are a little confused because it's basically just the way that you would eat if no one ever told you to diet. Like, right. And also like a three meal structure was something someone made up. True. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner is made up by somebody. Oh, yeah, too much food. Certain- if I eat three meals a day, I would be. I yeah. would like weigh twenty pounds more. Are you being serious? Yeah, no way. Oh my god, I eat like four meals a day. No, are they like little they meals little? though? Um, if I eat like if I eat four four hundred calorie you meals, eat sure. for your body, you eat, right? You eat for your own nutrition, your but, nourishment. But that's really important because this is another reason why I say dieting doesn't work. Human human bodies are not like these machines that you figure out the formula and then you just put energy into it and and expect the same result. It's like every body is different yeah. and mm-hmm. everybody has its unique needs. Yeah. So you can't prescribe one thing right. to everybody. You really can't. Um, but intuitive eating is is basically like listening to your hunger, honoring your cravings. Um, there's all these different principles, which I go through in in my podcast at length but um but first you need to heal your relationship with food which is you know when you want something you don't question is this good is this bad you throw away all the labels if i want it it's food and i'll eat it and then when you get further down in the principles then you start incorporating uh, movement or exercise, you start incorporating gentle nutrition, which is like, oh, should I Ooh, be I like eating that. some gentle more? Nutrition. Yeah, it's like noticing things. Like, yeah. sh- could I be happier or healthier if I ate some more vegetables? Yeah, yeah probably. Your body tells you when you need a salad. You don't, you don't need to like, you don't need to force so I'm yourself. Saying, you it got, tells you got you. all the tools. It's just people fuck it up by criticizing looks all the time. Like it's yes. just, and it's such a, it's such a mind fuck. It's such a powerful mind fuck. Yeah. Well, you can be kind of like wiggle room about it too. I mean, there was a period of time when I ate cake for breakfast every day. I didn't gain a pound because I just Whoa. felt like eating cake every day. I also, love that. you know, stack your carbs in the morning. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But. yeah I mean, I woke up this, <laughs> I woke up this morning and I, Felt like having pancakes, so I made pancakes and yeah. I ate them for breakfast. Yeah. I would have never been able to do that. Oh, good. Uh, so you're, you in know, good, seven, yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great that you're coming to this place of like really finding out for yourself, like what works best for me. And you're sharing it. That's great. I feel yeah. like a lot of people struggle with with food, with weight, with body image issues, and it's the one. I the one the best way to undo it is to talk about it. So 
Yeah, thank that. you. Yeah, I, I, I also, I, I just want pe- more people to know about intuitive eating because yeah. I really think it's for everybody. I mean, when I say everybody, like maybe not uh, an eighty-five-year-old dying man on dialysis. Like right. maybe, like if you have a very specific health concern, no. But overall, like for if most you're humans, in general, yeah, yeah. good yeah, working order. Like yeah. generally, your your body knows what it wants. It knows what it needs, and it's all about tuning into those things and just shutting out all of the external rules that you think are important like oh is dairy bad for me like no none of that yeah that's another thing that like the oat milk thing drives me fucking nuts well also your body will tell you if it's not because like dairy really you know like uh, there was a you know your body will tell you what's not good because you just eat it and then you go oh i don't feel i don't feel good like every time i eat onions and garlic i go oh i feel like shit i won't eat this anymore which is annoying because in a lot of like low calorie foods you know because you're not putting like the good fats in they're putting a lot of onions and garlic Mm. to make up for the taste and it drives me nuts and especially in like that i also try to eat mostly vegetarian and like in vegetarian cooking like they love doing garlic and onions and i'm like there's other fucking spices <laughs> wow guys. you don't like either of them though uh, they just make, no, you no, feel, no. They make I, her feel bad i like them they make me ill for they, days they make i your feel stomach it hurt. in my stomach and oh. I, I like i literally like down for the count like they snuck onions and potato salad the other day and i was like well this day is oh, Jesus Christ, you don't need onions and potato salad no um we have to we have to we have to end unfortunately because we have we have another interview coming. Oh yeah, but, of course. Um, uh, where can we find your podcast? Uh, what's your social media and what do you want to plug? Anything? Sure. Um, I have two podcasts actually. You can find them anywhere you find podcasts. Um, one is called the Hot Mess Comedy Hour, which I co-host with Andrea Allen, and then uh, my solo one is RIP Diets, and you can find that anywhere too. And you can follow me at Lubination on social media. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. We really appreciate. Thanks your time. for having me, you guys. Great chat. This has been guys. We fucked the anti. Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? My manager. to do while you use me up do you want to pay me do you want to use me do you want to rip me
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 